sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Welcome everyone to our very first show. My name is Anne Rekovich and I'm here with the gorgeous... Hello, hello. My name is Renata Daniel and we are going to be here entertaining you on Newcastle Live Radio for the next two hours all the way up till 10 o'clock. Now we need to explain to you guys exactly what is going to be happening on this live show apart from us absolutely pooping our pants on our very first show. <laughs> and we, I'm pooping more than you are. Uh, we've got a lovely team of ladies that are here helping us this evening. They've come into studio. Not only have they come into studio to help but they've bought a whole cheese platter with olives <laughs> and strawberries and heavens knows what. So mm-hmm. thank you very much for that. That's thank Louise you, from the Lipstick Lunch. We've got the gorgeous Tracy on the desk that's helping us this evening as well, who does the morning show from 9 to 12, and Bonnie, who does just about everything else here. (laughs) (laughs) So, how this is all going to work, we've got lots of things we're going to be talking about, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. We have Trash and Treasure, we have local ghost stories, we have international ghost stories, we have stories of the week, and Q&A, and maybe we'll throw in some tarot card readings as well. And you can participate in this, the people that are listening at home, by texting in your questions to 0490 I'll read that out again for you, 0490 And later on in the show, you might even be able to ring us on the phone lines. Oh my goodness. But Behave yourselves, people. That's one too, button, uh, one too many buttons for us to push at the moment. We're not <laughs> (laughs) even going to try. All right. Absolutely. So let's tell people a little bit about ourselves, Renata. You can start because I just need to catch my breath. Okay. You've talked too much? Yeah, enough. (laughs) I I can't believe that. (laughs) So my name is Renata Daniel and I uh, run Newcastle Ghost Tours and it's been operating for about 11 years now and we do tours all over the place here in Newcastle and the Hunter Valley. Our most popular tour at the moment is Maitland Jail but just last night we were out at Gloucester doing a tour out into the forest. Freezing our bits off. That's right. It was actually not too bad. It was not too bad. It was a very nice night. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Not only that, but uh, I am... One half of the uh, Anne and Renata brand. Oh, who's the other half? You. Oh, hello. Hello. And uh, we do podcasts and vodcasts and just we appear annoyingly everywhere. Yeah. And I have to also mention that Renata is a very talented tarot reader and a psychic medium. So Mm. she can speak directly to the other side. Um, I I think I'm a bit of a psychic large. Yeah, no. (laughs) And I'm a sidekick. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'll tell you a little bit about myself so uh i'm i'm a middle-aged older lady <laughs> i'm gonna start right there i've got gray roots no i'm not talking about my husband <laughs> i've gone there already oh um so <laughs> oh god we've only been on for it five is after minutes, eight eh? o'clock it is after eight o'clock i haven't sworn yet so i've done well for oh. those who follow our regular programs you will know that i'm trying to be very good um yeah and i'm a paranormal investigator so i I sort of stumbled across this sort of thing 
early well I, I got into it very early oh you were still in nappies I was actually I had my first paranormal experience when I was just a wee little tot at my grandparents house I saw the hooker naughty come flying in through the window of my grandparents house and hide underneath my bed mm-hmm. and it bounced underneath the bed and scared the bachosas out of me and mm-hmm. I screamed the house down and they came and helped me and told me it was my imagination mm-hmm. but it gave me a lifelong passion where I just wanted to know more and all through high school I'd read every horror story I could find every ghost story and then eventually got out of school <laughs> yeah finally and um, I found that there was a TV show that was using ghost hunting gadgets to find ghosts and I thought wow that's really weird I thought you had to be talented like Renata as a psychic or a medium but um, no I could use gadgets to find ghosts so that started my journey as a paranormal investigator and now I have Oz Paratech which is Australia's largest online ghost hunting equipment store so I now sell those gadgets right here in Australia. What do you think of that, Renata? Freaking amazing. I was waiting till you had a mouthful of strawberry <laughs> to throw it to you. <laughs> but yes, I am uh, the other half of the Anna and Renata duo and uh, who ever thought we would end up here in a radio studio <coughs> doing our show? <laughs> we pitched an idea and someone went, that sounds like a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was all of those voodoo dolls that I created over the last <laughs> We've been burning candles. <laughs> <laughs> Burning effigies everywhere, and look, here we are. We are, we are. Is there anyone listening? That's what I want to know. I can't tell. I can't tell. We are used to having like instant feedback because when we're uh, working on our Facebook pages, and you can find us at Anne and Renata, frightfully good on Facebook, um, we, people chat to us straight away. So this is quite unusual. But do you think you'd like a story, Renata? I reckon. I think it's time for a, a supernatural news of the week. We do. Now, what we're going to be doing is collecting news stories from around the world and presenting them to you guys so you know what's happening out there. Because let's face it, it's all about the paranormal. No one cares about Rona. No, and no, the, let's not mention that. Pe- people are very... Yeah, yeah, let's not talk about yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so my very first item... <laughs> Can we have a drum roll? Oh, hang on. <laughs> there's, there's all these people. All right. Enough. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. I have a report from the States. Now, who would have thought that our first paranormal news story was going to come from the United States? They give us so much um, we love fodder them. over we, there. No, right. we do love them. We do. Dear. We do. All right. So this is about the police who recently broke up an exorcism. At Home Depot. Oh, that's now, that's where you have one. That, I know. That's like Bunnings here for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, they there was people that were there that were performing an exorcism. Um, and at Home Depot. Yeah, yeah. What aisle? Uh, <laughs> You're making it a little difficult for me now. Um, but it was said they were being disorderly. Police discovered disorderly people having an exorcism, as you do, in the lumber aisle there you for... Go. The, lumber, the, the lumber aisle. The lumber aisle for... Now, who would it be for? If they were having an exorcism, who would it be for? Come on. I don't know. Psychic medium. Pick up on that, huh? <laughs> it was for the dead trees 
Oh, yep. Oh, oh yep. Um, so apparently they got escorted out of the building. <laughs> uh, the the way they were recognised is that they said there was two people hanging out in the lumber department doing their little exorcism thing. Some people at the store started picking up that something was happening that was not necessarily normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't even Walmart. And it was a seance type of thing for the dead. Trees. Trees for dead trees. I bet they were vegans. They no. <laughs> Hold on. Trees I'm have insult a soul. The whole audience here before we even get going. Trees have a soul. This is w- true. Were they trying to get the soul out of the trees but so that they could know. be released into the consciousness of the world? Or I don't know. I've, I can't. Is that it? That's all you got? Well, hang on. I can say another sentence if you give me a moment <laughs> okay, to talk. Sorry. Unfortunately, the no... The tablets have kicked in. The <laughs> <laughs> disparin have kicked in. Unfortunately, no footage of the exorcism seems to exist online. I don't believe that. Oh. Everyone would be there with their phones. Yeah, that's the first thing they do. And the two individuals involved will not be charged. Um, they did ask Home Depot for a comment, but they said, no, thanks. They have no no idea what possessed them to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Now, do we have time for another one? All right. Now, this one, we're actually going to go over to Indonesia. See, I've got my notes, people. I can't memorise things. I'm getting too old for that stuff. Um, All right. So apparently in Indonesia at the moment, to cope with the coronavirus, they're actually using ghosts to scare the Indonesians back inside their homes. Right. So CNN and Reuters, um, or is it Reuters? I'm not sure. (laughs) Reuters. (laughs) Reuters. As you can see, I'm really up on all this sort of new stuff. Um, it's not not my area of excellence. I've got people falling on the floor in fits here. It's a bit unusual having an audience, Renata. <laughs> oh, my All right. Lord. So what they're doing is they're using ghosts, and I'm using my fingers in the air as quotes there, uh, wrapped in white sheets, roaming the streets of the neighbourhood in central Java province to try and spook people back into staying in their homes during the coronavirus outbreak. I think that's a great idea. I know. Now, the Pokong or Puchong, <laughs> I apologise to everyone, Indonesian person out there, is a ghost known in local folklore for haunting graveyards, which wears the remnants of a burial shroud tied in a knot at the head and feet. How do they get around? Well, this is a problem, and I, I, I actually do have that there. I've, I've watched them with the video, tying the little top knot on their head right. and then tying it down mm-hmm. underneath their feet, and then they put a belt around their waists. And mm-hmm. Now, these are living people, yes. and they, they poke their little faces out through the shroud, and then they hop. <laughs> That, that would scare anyone. All right, so these mysterious white figures jump out unsuspectingly at passers-by, then glide off. <laughs> I don't think they glide. I think they bunny hop off. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's uh, what they're using, because apparently the locals didn't quite understand um, how to uh, protect themselves from Rona, mm-hmm. and uh, th- they couldn't stop them from uh, interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. So they're using their local culture yep. and their ideas. And Superstition, yeah. And superstition to keep people inside. And at first, it was, um, uh, it went viral on Facebook, and people were more coming out to see what was happening rather than being mm-hmm. scared of it. But then they started to stage, um, 
unpredictable events. Mm-hmm. So with the unpredictable events, that has started to work. It says, since the Pokon have appeared, parents and children have not left their home, said resident Kano Superdomo, and people will not gather or stay on the streets after evening prayers. The ghosts are not particularly agile and have to bunny hop because their hands and feet are bound in the shrouds. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think we have set the tone for Spooky Sundays. What do you think? I think we're there. Mm. But do you know what? I need a sip of water after that, Renata. Okay, I think we'll be back soon. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio. And we are back. And we've got some more stories, but goodness gracious me, if you can text us and let us know how we're going, uh, that would be awesome. But just remember, if you are texting, put your name in the comment, put your name in the text so that we know who is sending us these gorgeous messages. I'm trying to work the phone now. I've got hold of the phone. <laughs> I've managed to open up camera and I've got no idea. How on earth are we going to work that desk, Renata? Uh, well, let, let's just get over tonight, okay? Let's, and, let's just, let's and, just do yeah. this one. And we just found out that we actually did have a listener from Indonesia on there, which <laughs> I apologise profusely for my pronunciations that I've just put up there because they were pretty shocking. Um, and thank you to the lovely person that has texted, texted through there, doing great, ladies, just as funny on the radio. You are absolutely fantastic. Don't know who you are, but thank you. Thanks, Mum. (laughs) What is our next segment we're getting on to? We are going to tell a local ghost story. You mean we've got ghosts here in Newcastle? I know, absolutely. We'd want it with the fact that you run Newcastle Ghost Tours. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But um, a couple of years ago, I wrote a first small book called, wait for it, Newcastle Ghost Stories. Oh, she's an absolute cracker for ideas oh, when it I comes know, to names. I know, <laughs> just imagination like nothing else. <laughs> uh, and I collected a whole lot of local stories from people who were generous enough to give me their uh, own stories. But I'm going to read one now that was kindly given to me by Donna. And she used to work at the Royal Newcastle Hospital. So as we know, hospitals are one of those places where you get lots and lots of stories. Yeah. Yeah. Synonymous for ghost stories. I've used a big word tonight. I I know you have. I think I even pronounced it correctly. (laughs) Amazing. So the Royal Newcastle Hospital was for nearly 190 years the main hospital in the city of Newcastle. And we all know where the hospital was. It stood on a hill overlooking the Pacific Ocean on Pacific Street. And it operated from 1817 to 2007. So around your year of birth. Yeah, yes. <laughs> she's got to get that in. I've got to, she's, she's haunted, got to get that in. On our True Haunted podcast, I do it every episode, mm-hmm. so I've got to be here as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. And so here is Donna's story. As a young nurse, I was working at Royal Newcastle Hospital on night duty. It had been a very busy evening in the geriatric ward. One of our... <laughs> <laughs> Have we upset you already? (laughs) Yeah, one of our beautiful elderly ladies had passed away earlier in the evening. Oh, so sad. She had been lovingly and respectfully prepared and she lay awaiting transport for the surgical dresser to transport her. She was not taken away immediately and lay there for a couple of hours. So 
they decided that the ward and the patients and the staff would do better if they covered over the area and just left her there quietly so no one else would get distressed, you see. Okay. Got to look after everyone yeah, else. They prepared the bed and they tidied up and they packed up her belongings. And um, she says, myself and my colleague were sitting at the desk, busily chomping away at iced vovos, washed down <laughs> with a cold. <laughs> iced vovos? That's, I, I never thought I would hear the words iced vovos in a ghost story. <laughs> Seriously. Go. Okay. Okay, do, sorry. Go do, on. Do go we on. know what iced vovos are? Well, the people do. overseas might not. We, we actually... Do our Indonesian correspondent who is listening may not know what an iced vovo is and look thank you so much for joining us I can't tell you how much it floats my boat to hear that we've gone international and a shout out to Daniel in Ireland who I do believe is listening as well Uh, so an iced vovo is um, for the Americans they call them a cookie here in Australia we call them biscuits and uh, it's um, a, a layer of pink Icing, icing with and jam and jam and, coconut. and then another layer of pink icing sort of side by side so it's stripes and then it's sprinkled with coconut and it's it's very sweet oh no <laughs> that's that's the important part of the story we've got eyes of vovos down yeah all right, right. thank okay. you okay so by this stage she's been taken away right and they've cleaned the bed they've you know sorted it all out everyone's back in their positions and the rest of the night awaits so as i was saying myself and my colleague were washing down with a cup of tea a couple of iced vovos as you do at three o'clock in the morning readying readying ourselves for the next round of wet or soiled beds medication and whatever else needed to be done whilst on duty that night Both of us stopped talking as the sound of a buzzer reverberated around the room we were able to see the entire ward from where we were sitting and as a mark of respect we had left the curtains of our dearly deceased closed so an empty bed did not further distress the other patients. Through the curtains we could see the light above the bed shining brightly. We both looked at each other and nearly choked on our iced vibe. <laughs> That's the coconut it does. You, yeah, it if you breathe in at the wrong time you get coconut in the it. lungs. It's not good. <laughs> Oh, don't do it. I've broken you already. I can't break you this soon in the show, please. (laughs) My colleague got up from her seat and gingerly pulled back the curtains. And of course, no one was there to have rung the call bell. She then straightened the bed covers and arranged the curtains so that they were now open and the bed was now visible. Looking at me, she shrugged her shoulders and sat back down. We were both feeling very uneasy. About 10 minutes later, this happened again. We were busily writing reports and both looked up and were surprised and very anxious to see that it was the same call bell again. No one was near the bed or had been. My eyes were wide as saucers and my heart was beating rapidly. I really didn't want to go near that damn bed for fear of what was ringing that bell. It might still be hanging around. It's just the cockroach that's walked across Mm. it. I walked over swallowing hard and reached for the call bell and pulled the whole thing out of the wall. I figured that if it wasn't plugged in, it couldn't ring. I sighed and walked back to the desk. About 10 or 20 minutes later, the light came on again and the buzzer was making a very weak buzzing sound. We were terribly freaked out and so were some of our patients. My colleague fled at this point and I found her sitting in a chair in the hallway refusing to come back in 
swaying slightly back and forth. <laughs> Is that what we call seeing in the corner rocking? Yes. <laughs> a senior sister who was doing the rounds found us and told us not to be so stupid Ooh. and to go back inside immediately or she would report us to the matron oh, She's in a the bossy morning. cow, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Don't like her. I think we were more scared of the matron, so we obliged. <laughs> the buzzing went on for most of the night. We were scared out of our wits. One of the patients finally yelled, Her legs are still here. What? What? Maybe you should take them to her. The deceased had been a double amputee, and on further inspection, I found her prosthesis under the bed. (gasps) Oh, wow. With haste, I bundled them up and ran down the corridor to the morgue. And threw them at the poor lady. (laughs) Here, take your legs. Stop. Fortunately, (laughs) fortunately, the... Attendant was there, and I told him what had been happening. He laughed, but took it in good faith and told me he would place her legs with her. I returned to the ward, and we're all still, we were all still spooked, just waiting desperately for morning, and not so desperately for that damn bell and light to come on again. It never did. Why it happened, I'll never know. Was it electrical, or was it paranormal? Or was the lady finally at peace when she was reunited with her legs? What a fascinating story. Isn't that awesome? And it sort of makes sense to a certain um, level that, you know, her legs in life was what would enable her to get around, to be mobile, Mm -hmm. and she would be lost without them. So Mm -hmm. in death... Even though they quite often report that when you die, you revert back to your fully healthy self. And I suppose at that moment in death, she hasn't quite processed it yet. And she's like, where's my legs? Mm -hmm. Nurse, buzz, buzz, buzz. Get my legs. Get my legs. Mm -hmm. I think that's an awesome story. That story comes from probably about 30 odd years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But around my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Liar, liar, pants on fire. yeah, look, nurses and doctors and cleaners mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, so many people who work in hospitals uh, will always have stories to tell, especially when it's dark and spooky. And look... Uh, and it's a full moon tonight. Yeah. It's a full moon. You know what that means? Oh, the, the werewolves are going to be yeah, out? I know, right. <laughs> but look, if anyone out there has a really cool ghost story from our region, please feel free to email that through to the station and uh, we'll hopefully get a chance to read that out on air. And I am trying to read what it is. Newcastle in the morning. We've got Tracy Mack very quickly writing this out for us. <laughs> Newcastle in the morning at Newcastle. CastleLive.com.au. Yeah, look, we love ghost stories. Absolutely love them. We yeah. collect them, we tell them, and we love to share them, and especially the local ones. And we'd, we'd love to give you a shout-out for uh, sending us a story. And actually, I have to give a shout-out to Ticketek Joe, who sent me that story about the Indonesian ghosts as yes. well. Yes, hi, Ticketek Joe. Yeah, so um, if you find a, a cool ghost story or anything like that, you can send it to us on Facebook or via the station here as well. Um, now, what's coming up next? What's our, what's our next segment oh we've got q a spooky sundays with ann and renata only on newcastle live radio 
And welcome back. We have somebody on the line waiting to talk to us, I believe. But if you have your paranormal question, the number to call if you're overseas is plus six one two four zero eight nine double one four seven. Or if you're local within Australia, it's O two four zero eight nine double one four seven. And we're on Newcastle Live. Now our first caller, I believe her name is Karen. <laughs> We've, Hi. we've got a Karen on. Hello, Karen. How are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you, Anna Renata? Oh, we're really good. I'm so excited to hear a nice, friendly-sounding voice. <laughs> Nobody's thrown holy water at us yet, so that, that's, that's a good start. That's very good. <laughs> now, what okay. is, what's your question? What's happening? Well, my question is, it's, it's regarding Indonesia as well, so this is, this is, this is a good coincidence. Oh. Um... My son, who was in Indonesia, recently married um, and has to get back to Australia. Where can you see him and his new wife being able to get back? Now, I've got a feeling you've asked us a tarot question rather than a paranormal question, which (laughs) throws me a little bit because I don't even think I brought... I don't know if I brought my naughty cards with me at all. I think I've left them at home. Karen, Karen, (laughs) it's fine. I will save this segment. (laughs) I will do a quick shuffle. It's all okay. Oh, we're very happy to have somebody call us. (laughs) It's a full moon. We can do anything here. So I am choosing a card and... uh, we have the two of coins here, and I don't think anyone has decided when this is going to be an option. So it, we're all in limbo at the moment. I can't even give you a an estimate or a guesstimate at this point. Uh, the two of coins is something that will depend very much on how badly the situation gets over there uh, and you know, when they can uh, afford to stop that crisis and bring money back into the, the, the country. So I think they're going to try and keep it Uh, as it is, as long as they can, but they will be forced financially to do something in the end um, that will allow the borders to open up and allow people to fly. So I am hoping that, January, February, I'm hoping that by February next year, there will be an option for them to come back or for families to meet. Thank you. And sorry, I got so excited getting on the phone. I... <laughs> oh, Karen, you, you got through Because the phone lines were playing up there. We had a bit of a ghost that was happening. So thank you so <laughs> much, Karen, for joining us on our Spooky Sundays. Do we have someone thank else you. there? Thank All you, right. Ladies. No, thank you, Karen. Now, I do believe, Renata, you had a text question there that um, somebody had asked us about. Was that correct? Mm, that is correct. Would you like to read it out for us, mm-hmm. please? All right. And, well, okay, we, we've got somebody on oh, the line. we've got someone on the line. Oh, no. They, no, they've gone. That, that's all right. You you do your next question <laughs> while uh, our all production right. assistant gets us sorted there. Oh. I could see this going very badly. When, I, <laughs> when it's when left to us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to answer a question that came in earlier from beautiful Jenny Pearson. And Jenny asks, how is it that a ghost is see-through and a human can't touch or feel ghosts, but a ghost can lay on a bed and make an imprint on the bed? Mm, That's a very good question. And I I think that comes down to uh, the ability of the entity to manifest uh, in what sort of state. Uh, So... 
maybe they don't have the ability to manifest as a full solid human. I know the the entity that I saw at Maitland Jail was as solid as you and me. Mm-hmm. I I. Still, my mind goes every time I think about that. But I have seen just shadows Mm -hmm. and um, I've felt that thing where it feels like they're sitting on the bed as well. Mm. So is it that they're manipulating matter around them to be able to cause that impression on the bed? Mm -hmm. Or is it that there is something about them that has weight that allows it to have that yeah. But we can't see it yeah. in our limited perceptions. Yeah. So what's your thoughts, Renata? Um, I have no thoughts on this because this is... Right. <laughs> so we're here to answer all your this, paranormal questions. This is a real conundrum and I understand, Jenny, why you would be asking this question because it's really an unusual one. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting to think that um, a spirit can manipulate matter in the real world. Mm. It can actually create an indentation in a bed. But is it spirit or is it us and our ability with Psy that allows us to be able to manipulate things as well? We Mm. don't know whether it's dead people or whether it's humans. Very interesting. But thank you so much for that question, Jenny. Now, I do believe we've got a caller. Um, We're asking for um, who, who are we talking to? My name is Erin, E-R-I-N. Hi, thanks for calling in. How are you doing? It's Erin. Oh, it's Erin. Hello, Erin. <laughs> Hello. It's nice to talk to you sort of face-to-face over a microphone, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pingy and I understand me. Yeah, we yeah, can we understand, understand you. Gorgeous, Erin. <laughs> okay, my a couple of years ago, Mum and Dad and I, we went to the Melbourne Day. No, mum and dad are being hypnotic. They don't believe in the paranormal whatsoever. Um, when we went there, they wanted to tell dad uh, if a man walked in, um, the man that puts out by a female was in there. Yeah. So um, me being a smart. I got there to come in, yeah. thinking that he was at Pussy. Yeah. Puss, Puss up. You know, not Puss up. Is that because they went there because they had non believers mm-hmm. in the dirt that night? Or it wasn't happening that night? It could be both. It could be the fact that you had some people in there that weren't quite ready to open up and yeah. to sort of get any you know, spooky stuff happening or or any spiritual contact. Or it could have just been that it was a really quiet night. Um, A lot of people do think that just because they are on a tour, um, that Mm. just because they're there and they want spirit activity, Mm. that something's going to happen. Uh, Mm. And it's not always that way. It's it's a combination of, I think, their side and our side. And um, as Anne sometimes says, uh, spirit may just work to the um, weakest link, yeah, in uh, the in in the group, and so if someone yeah. is really terrified or scared or is really blocking it, and then it makes it really really hard for everyone else to kind of focus in and um, get that energy going. But that's a good question, Erin. For you, I know me. I'm always open. I know and you that are. That night, that night, you were that. 
I turned it anything, and I think you might be told I'll leave mum and dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Leave mum and dad at home next time. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Erin, th- thank you so much for calling in. It means the world to us that you yeah. took the time to call us tonight with your question. And uh, we'll see you online later, no doubt. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio. Thank you so much, everyone, for the phone calls that are coming through. We've actually got to uh, we've got to put a hold on that for the moment. We've got one caller that's coming in now, and I do believe her name is Melanie. Um, so, Melanie, are you here with us now? No, we've got no one from the other side. <laughs> oh, no, the, we oh, might need to oh. press the button. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we've got someone else in here to press buttons for us. Melanie. Are you there, Melanie? I am. Oh, oh thank, the, thank, thank the Lord, the, the, the Lord, the Lord, the lady, and whoever you want to yep. thank. <laughs> What's your question, Melanie? Well, good evening, Anne and Renata from the Snowy Mountains. Oh, lovely. I know which Melanie it is now. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is, why in comparison to traditional science is psychology disproving of the possibility of paranormal phenomenon? such as ESP. Oh, bloody hell, I need a dictionary on that one. <laughs> can, can you talk more slowly, Melanie? Okay, oh, so you, you're talking about psychology and science, is that correct? Yes. Okay, so... Why, yeah. why disproving of it? All right. So there is a a section of um, psychology that are exploring the possibility of what we call psi phenomena, PSI, and uh, that is the study called parapsychology. So they are delving into it and they have done experiments to prove that we actually do have the ability of telepathy and we also have the uh, ability of, um, uh, what is it, Renata, mediumship and uh, psychic and they've Telekinesis. Yeah, telekinesis, be able to move things in their mind. So those sorts of experiments have been done, but then the mainstream science will go, oh, that's all absolute hogwash and uh, no, that is not true and your controls were not set up properly. And look, we've looked at some of the controls that they have used for these uh, parapsychology experiments and let me tell you, they are insane, the, the levels of control that they put in so nobody's influencing anyone. But I think when it comes to mainstream science that nobody really wants to stick their neck out to say that this might be real because it's going to really upset the whole apple cart and a lot of the theories that they had in place are going to get thrown out. Now, if you look at scientists early on, um, they thought the world was flat and everyone agreed that the world was flattened. Anyone who thought otherwise was crazy. So here we are now proving that this mental telepathy and mental mind power is a real thing and people are thinking they're crazy. So they just have to catch up with each other and be willing. Is that sort of answering your question? Certainly does. Oh, thank heavens. Certainly oh, does. I'm so glad I did that parapsychology course now. <laughs> and thank you, got, you very much. And you lady. got that little diploma. I do. I have a piece of paper. Thank you, gorgeous Thank you, Melanie. Mel. We love you. My pleasure. Oh, bye.
Oh, I think I need a little Panadol after that. I've got no idea what I'm doing now. So uh, we have, sorry, she's pointing at things for me. Are we going to, we're going to go on to our next little segment now, which is called Paranormal Trash and Treasure. Oh, and you've been waiting for, for a week to do this I've because you have so a great excited. story. I do. So this is all about the treasures that you can find on eBay to buy that are allegedly haunted. And let me tell you, there's hundreds of them. Oh, and there's bargains. I I made the mistake of watching some of them, Mm -hmm. and as soon as you watch it, the the seller gets notified that someone's watching. Oh, and the price goes up. No, 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 no. no, no. (laughs) When it doesn't sell, they start to send you discounts. Oh, you can have this this, this for 50% off. And I'm like, no, thank you. Anyway, this first trash or treasure Mm -hmm. that I'm going to present to you all now is called Arby's Coffin Box. Now this was found on eBay um, and it was going for a measly 425 US dollars. Oh, bargain. Now I'll just give you a little bit of a description. We have put a picture up onto the Facebook page. At Newcastle Live Radio. At Newcastle Live Mm -hmm. Radio. Um, And it's, look, you get so much within this little box. It's this great wooden box which has been carved um, with the name Arby across the top of it. And it looks like one of those boxes that your kids may have made in year seven at woodwork at school. Mm -hmm. It's a bit rough around the edges. Things don't quite match up, but it's quite nice. And within that box, you've got a family Bible. You've got a necklace with a bell on it. You've got what looks like a very old Barbie doll. Mm -hmm. And then you've got this religious fold-out, like, um, three-screened thing. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's that's the little gems that we've got inside the box. But it's the description Mm -hmm. that blows my mind. Let me read it to you. I'm looking at it at the moment and... um, Are you getting vibes? Mm -hmm. No. Not the, vi- <laughs> not the sort of vibes you want? No. And you will after you read oh, what right. it's all okay. about. Okay. okay. Hit me. So I got this box in a trunk of items <laughs> given to me. <laughs> She's laughing already. Let me get through the story, woman. Sorry. That was given to me by a bishop oh. in 2016. Mm-hmm. He explained to me that there were great evils in the trunk. I've heard about that before with bishops having great evils in the trunk. Oh, I know. The bishop found out about me because I assisted on a paranormal research group. So they've been an assistant, mm-hmm. which is great, mm-hmm. which was a like one time thing because I take in really only negative or demonic items. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you want in your home. Yep. As as they don't cause harm or anything to me, because they're special. Mm -hmm. Well, the group only needed me for knowledge of dealing with the poltergeist and how to get rid of it. Oh, they must have felt so used and abused. Anyway, sorry, I digress. After a month and a half after that even happened, I get a call asking to meet up with a bishop on matters that his father had stuff locked away. Now, please don't pick on me for this grammar. I'm just reading what is written. Um, Which the bishop's father was an ordained exorcist by the Catholic Church. After meeting the bishop and just telling me to take the evils away as he was retiring, he's now passed, unfortunately, so nobody can check up on this story. This is a little little side note there. In the trunk was just a bunch of cloths and burlap sacks, but in the trunk... There was this box, a few dolls, and multiple 
burned Bibles. After I'd taken them home, I called the bishop the next day and he explained to me about the box. In North Carolina, there was a poor woman in the 1950s who had underwent an exorcism. Not just one, but 32 exorcisms. 32? To be correct, they, they couldn't get it right on the first try. So they had to goodness. give it to go 32 times. Needless to say, the woman, Arby, the name on the wooden box, didn't survive. She was a grey witch and started to do more darker things without protection. She didn't have her paranormal condom. No. No. And it ended very bad with her taking her own life by drowning herself in a tub. (laughs) 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 I'm sorry. This is so bad. No. All right. The box... This is a very mild one compared to some of the others I've got. Okay. The box was handmade by the husband and was supposed to be given to the daughter. Didn't happen. But it was instead given to the exorcist with the book and wooden altar prayer piece, which is weird because the wooden piece (laughs) has snakes on the side of Virgin Mary. And we all know what happened with the snakes, don't we? Adam and Eve. Then as well as the woman's personal necklace. Now, the necklace I had a look at, it is just a um, little chain with a bell on it. It looks like a cat bell. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, the, the doll was added after the woman's soul attracted itself to the box pieces to calm her down and put her at ease. Needless to say, she wasn't the only spirit trapped in the box. Since then, after years and years, the demonic spirits have twisted her around into something very dark. Follow me on YouTube channel. <laughs> My God, at the end of that, they've got follow me on YouTube channel. I'm not going to read it out because they're not getting a plug from me. There's obviously more treats to be purchased. Well, that that's a really long description. It is. It is. And they've, they've tried to collect as many things in there as they possibly could. So they've got a box, which immediately makes you think of a Dibbuk box. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got the the Catholic Church. They've got um, uh, the possessions and exorcism. And then they've thrown in witches mm-hmm. as well, just so to... Just, yeah, and just to of course, um, then we've got... Uh, or what else is there? The the items which are now possessed and she's she's delving into the dark arts and, and all of that. So, Renata, is this a paranormal trash or paranormal treasure? I think it's paranormal trash. I think it might be trash too. Now, we've got our segment where you can call in or text your question and we have um, our tarot section. Yes, so So. we'll be doing our naughty and nice tarot, but um, it will just be tarot because Anne has forgotten her naughty cards (laughs) and left them at home. I am so sorry. All right, stay with us. We'll be back after this and we'll be talking all about tarot questions. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Aren't you glad about that? Do you love the music that's going on here? This is the type of music you can get every single day on Newcastle Live Radio. So you better make sure that you have downloaded that app and you are listening. 
Well, if they're, if they're listening, they've downloaded the app, haven't they? <laughs> well, uh, but tell other people true. about it. Get Absolutely. them to get over here and start listening. Now, I'm just going to read out. We've got some texts here from people who are enjoying the show. Ladies, I'm really loving this show. The music is on point and just love the content. Perfect for our Sunday night at work in a busy kitchen. Oh. From all the chefs at Attitude Burgers in Coffs Harbour. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Now, we have somebody here who would like a reading. This is Julie. She hasn't asked a specific question. But she has um, just said that she'd like a general reading. Now, just while Renata's shuffling the cards, don't forget to text your question into 0490 848886. That's 0490 and sign your name so we know who you are. Okay, so I have shuffled my cards, and the card that has been drawn for this is the Wheel of Fortune. So literally life is in your hands at the moment. You can choose to either make it a good future or a very complicated future at this point in time. For me, the Wheel of Fortune always says we're not quite sure what is going to happen because we are spinning that wheel. So think about that wheel that you get in the RSL where you just give the it chocolate a spin, wheel, The chocolate wheel oh. and you might get a chuckle you might get a $10 voucher, you might win that lucky prize. Who knows? But with the tarot, it's more of a how prepared are you? What have you done up till this point in time and what more can you do from this point on to make sure that life stops at that major prize? So go to it. Get working. All right. Thank you very much, Julie. I hope that made some sense. If it did, text us and let us know because uh, we always like to get a bit of feedback. Uh, Now we have Erin. Erin is asking, do I have any messages from my guardian angels, please? Oh, Erin. Okay, we've got one card here for you and it's the star card. And I wouldn't have imagined anything else for you, Erin. This beautiful star card talks about you shining your bright light and keeping up that craft work that you are doing because I've seen some of that work that you do and it's absolutely spectacular. So you keep shining, girl. That is your message from your guardian angel. And thank you, Erin. Okay, we uh, don't forget if you want to text that message through 0490 We've got our next question here from Lee. I've just started online dating. Will it be a train wreck like last time? <laughs> Girlfriend, good luck. Or boyfriend, whoever we're talking to, Lee. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, you have the emperor card that has come up. So this is about being strong and, uh, you know, not not taking rubbish from people, not kind of going, oh, you know, I'll just accept anything and everything that comes along and we'll see how it goes. Because sometimes you sort of you let people in too quickly and too much and then you're finding that you're backing out very very quickly out of that situation and you're finding it very very hard to do so so my suggestion here is toughen up a little bit and you know be a little bit wiser with your choices that's the most important thing for you right now it could be a train wreck if you allow it to be so so don't 
And we've got a message here from Joanne saying, Hi, Anna and Renata, really enjoying your first show. You are doing a fabulous job. Um, now, she's actually got a paranormal question. If you've missed your, the paranormal questions before, you can text them through to us. Um, uh, so many people are scared at the thought of something paranormal. What advice would you give to someone who has a paranormal encounter and is scared by their experience? That's Joanne. Mm, do you want to jump in on that one? The, the thing that happens with people when they get scared is it's the unknown. It's something they're not experienced before and they're viewing it through their eyes of how they've been brought up and their background. So we call that bias in our field. Uh, so if you were brought up as a Catholic, um, you might look at that and think you've either got a guardian angel that's watching over you or you might think it's a, a demon or a devil. So it's the way that you been brought up and your belief system that will give you your perception of what is happening around you. If you were brought up by a spiritualist who believes that you can talk to the other side, they would tell you that it is the spirit of somebody who is trying to reach out to you and that you're safe and it's fine and you wouldn't have the same level of fear. So for me, this sort of thing, education, 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 um, learn what it is that's going on, um, ask questions from people who have knowledge in the area rather than jumping onto a Facebook page where they'll say, oh, I saw my chair move and I think I've got a ghost in the house and you'll have all these people that will jump on there and go, it's a demon, burn the house to the ground, when in actual fact it might have just been the cats walked past and knocked it or something like that. So um, please, you, you don't go out onto the, the street corners and um, say to somebody walking past, oh, what's this mark on my my arm is it a mole or what and they go oh it's cancer you've got to cut your arm off they're not a doctor they don't know the answers to the question so make sure you go to experts to get your um, opinions or get information sorry Renata did you have anything you wanted to add to that no I think you've pretty well covered it oh, thank you <laughs> um, a little bit of feedback uh, from Julie oh my god lady so very very true totally understand that message thank you for the reading oh thank you and, Julie and yes love 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 the music <laughs> Awesome. I have to admit that Renata and I did pick some of these songs, so we're, we're a little bit proud. Um, we have a tarot question here Ooh. from Melbourne. Can I have a card, please, in regards to my relationship with my son? He is 29. Mm. And thank you for sending that through. Thank you so very, very much. And the card that has come up here is the Nine of Wands. And that's really interesting because I, I think what is going on here is that he may well hopefully, fingers crossed, is actually trying to find himself right now. And he is really in a battle himself with his own angels and demons. And there is a path forward that he has kind of created and he wants to stick to that. So if anyone interferes or anyone says anything um, that will sway him at the moment, that will just kind of confuse him. So I, I think the only thing that you can do at this point in time is um, be at his side, even if things are a little bit tough, and just be at an understanding place, a place where you go, I understand, I, I get it, I'm here if you need me, and if you don't, keep following your plans, keep following your plans. That's that's all I can say for you uh, or to you at the moment. Um, 
look, he's made a number of mistakes and it's often really hard to admit that you have made mistakes and that you have done the wrong thing. Um, but I know he understands that he has. It's just coming to the reality of it and um, yeah, being the man that he needs to be. All right. Well, thank you for sending that question in. Uh, we actually will be doing another whole section of this after our next song break. The number to call is, oh, sorry, to text. This is the text line 0490 So get your questions in because we do have time. Now, do we have time for one more before the break? We do. Um, now, this one is from Darren. How can someone be sure it is actually something paranormal that they are experiencing. So this is a, a paranormal Ooh. question. And you are absolutely right, Darren. Uh, more often than not, I would say 99% of the time, it is not something that is paranormal. Mm. Uh, it is our very vivid imagination that has been created by Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Hollywood. Um, and you have to rule out all the man-made possibilities first before you start to look to the paranormal. What mm. do you think? Renata? Yeah, look, we have uh, an incredible mind and we don't nearly use it enough. And there are some parts of our wonderful mind that can do incredible things, even though we think it can't. And so sometimes our mind interacting with our world can create things that we would normally not even think would happen, as in sometimes moving things, as in sometimes creating a little bit of havoc. Um, for example, I tend to break down electrical items. You do. <laughs> When yes. I get frustrated. We actually had our brainwaves tested and you've got what they call gamma, which is very rare, actually. And uh, the lady who was testing you said, oh, you might find that electrical problems play up around you. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Um, uh, and then when when we're together, my gamma flares up because your gamma's flaring and then that's just double trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and so weird and wonderful things happen and we're actually the cause of it. And that's that's kind of the story behind many poltergeist uh, stories. Yeah. Uh, and we can get into that in the weeks coming up. Yeah, and we should do a whole section on that, um, the brainwaves and the different types mm. of brainwaves that there are because there's the gamma, delta, theta. Um, there is a whole load there and I can't remember remember it was so long ago. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, but uh, it's it's a fascinating thing, isn't it? So yeah. thank you so much for your question, Darren. A little bit of feedback for you on one of the other questions there. This was uh, Deborah Ann from Melbourne. Uh, she said, spot on, Renata. Thank you so much. You are awesome. That was the one in regards to her son. Oh, thank you. Gorgeous. Spooky Sundays may have sent the spirits your way, but remember, consult a human professional before making that life-changing decision. <laughs> and of course, we were listening to Akka Taka and Highway to Hell. Wasn't that just joy to the ears? Yeah, it was. There's going to be a whole busload of us heading down there, I think. <laughs> That'll be a hell of a party on the no, way. I reckon. Just a little bit of feedback there for you, Renata. Thank you for your reading. It was spot on. Uh, you're right. I do let people in too easily, then realise how crap they are and run away. Mm -hmm. I need to be strong. Thank you. That was Lee who was asking about Thank the you, online dating. Now, guys, let us know what segments you are enjoying, as this is our very first show. We'd, we'd like to know what you guys like to listen to, because this is what it's all about. We're here to entertain you and put a smile on your dial. Uh, now, Renata, we've got time for another couple of questions, yep. I 
do believe. I am um, shuffling madly. Okay. Oh, also, Darren said, thanks, Ghost Grannies. Now, that's a reference to the Isaac Butterfield specials. If you want to look those up on YouTube, we've got a uh, few episodes on his Devil Devil's Advocate uh, yeah, series. Yeah, and Isaac's a local. He's, he is a local. a local Newcastle comedian. The Buxman. Mm-hmm. I made the mistake of calling him, um, what I, I was calling him something else, and it made him sound like, oh, the Buxman, which made it sound like something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, do you know what? I'm mm-hmm. going to throw to our producer for this evening, Tracy, and see if she has a question for us. Do you oh. have a question for the Tarot Master tonight? Wow. Okay. There's a. I, I wasn't expecting that. I know. I've just thrown it <laughs> at just you. just thrown it at me. Thank you. <laughs> um, how's my dating life looking like? No. Oh. God, okay. I'm digging right down to yeah, the yeah, bottom. Yeah, dig of right the tower down to the bottom. There. Oh. oh, no. no. <laughs> it's not the tower card, is it? <laughs> it's got, always got to be a clanger. <laughs> well, it's always a clanger when it's me. Oh, it's always a clanger. And you have the three of swords. Check that oh, out. Oh, no. Okay, just check oh, that now, out. Now, for the Jesus. people at home, let me tell you what that picture is. <laughs> and it is a picture of a lovely lady there sitting here, crossing her hands over her chest. And over to her side, there is a big red heart with three sword stabbed through the middle of it and it's dripping blood. Yeah. So how's yeah. her love life going? Oh, and there's a huge torrential storm in the background. Oh, nice. oh great. <laughs> and um, she's just considering her life at the moment going, how the freaking hell did I get here? I just took a moment then I, th- I thought there was another word coming forth. So died. I, know. I just kept that going for a okay. while. Okay. Y- you know, that's pretty accurate. Mm, yeah. Yeah. How did I get here? How did I get here? And how did I allow all of this to happen and sometimes the three of swords is uh, a, about a little bit of meddling as well so there could be a little bit of meddling going on there so another a third person a third energy or or a third emotion coming into the whole mix so the, the whole idea of this particular card is to kind of warn you that the possibility of all of this happening again is very very real but you must stop yourself before you feel those emotions coming back Back. And you have to mm. literally rescue yourself and go, nope, 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 nope. Not going down this path Not again. Not going down this path again. Not allowing this to happen. I am doing better for myself next time around. I hate when you're so accurate. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got him. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for that, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. I'm here for you. Now, I have another question here for you from Sarah. Sarah says that she is 50 years old and her husband is 60 and he no longer seems to be sexually interested in her. Right. Um, and is she doing something wrong or is there something she should be concerned about? All right. Well, interestingly enough, the Seven of Cups has turned up for this. And the Seven of Cups is a gorgeous card, but it shows you many different opportunities, many different opportunities. And this card is advising you to take them all. Be seriously self-absorbed. All right, try anything and everything. And you know what? You might be putting too much emphasis on all of this at the moment. And, you know, you could be actually entertaining yourself a little bit. Oh, <laughs> oh hang on. It was, where's the, where's the um, bleep button? No, no, <laughs> it's lipstick after dark. <laughs> no, but, you know, look, the happier you are, the, the, the likelihood for things to sort of get um, interesting at home um, is e- even more possible. So if, maybe if mix it up a bit. Yeah, Do a little bit. 
of dress up. I think no, we are on to lipstick no, 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 after dark now. It, it's not all about that, but <laughs> oh, no. she has to go and find joy elsewhere. Or fresh in, batteries. In that, no, 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 no. no. Um, go out. Go out with some friends. Have a good time. You know, if he doesn't want to come out, that's fine. He will soon kind of go, you know what, she's having too much of a good time here. I need to join in and um, get the old interest back. Right, don't be a grumpy. You're calling old her thing. calling her the old interest. No. <laughs> so you're spoiling a very nice I'm, reading I'm here. Sorry. I'm trying to help. I didn't bring my naughty I card, know what so I've got to do like. something. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we've got a message here from Zoe uh, saying hi, Anne and Renata. Just discovered your show, and it is the bomb. Oh, <laughs> you're going to like this question, Renata. Um, what are your thoughts on orbs? Do you believe they are crossed over spirits? No. <laughs> Shall I elaborate on that? Oh, why not? Go for it. <laughs> let's let's start off this, this very first show with offending everyone who loves their orbs. <laughs> Look, there are a number of um, orb stories and there are orbs that exist that are... Um, that you can see with your own eyes, so lights that you can see with your own eyes that are circular. Uh, I've seen them very rarely, and they are interesting when it comes to paranormal activity. But the stuff that you get when you take a photograph or when you put your video on and you have your light on on your camera and it is reflecting off dust and all other little flighty things that get in the way, I'm sorry, but they're not real spiritual things. They're not. Um, I've worked in, in the photographic industry for many, many years. I was a professional photographer. I worked in a professional darkroom. Uh, I printed photographs, I took photographs, I took wedding photographs. She's held towels up in front of the photos that have been coming out of the machine in the window. Yes, She's that I, old. <laughs> I have done everything and um, I do I can say I've had a little bit of experience when it comes to these photographs uh, and having a look at, at these things and the light is flickering. Uh-oh. Ooh, oh, the ghosts are here. Oh my god. I'm pleased that wasn't just me though. It's <laughs> <laughs> their sign of approval, Renata. Oh. If, it's, okay. if, if you're approving, flash those lights again. There they go. Yep, <laughs> see, they like us. Uh-oh. Um, so, yeah, it's look, that's a long – that's a workshop. Yep. That's a workshop. Speaking of which, if you'd like to do an empath workshop with Renata and I, head over to uh, the Australian School of Ghost Hunting, and yeah. we've got a workshop coming up on that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, hang on, we're getting... Oh, yes, okay. I think the, the producer might like to do that one too. Um, uh, have we finished on that? Yeah, we've got, a, we, we've got to go to our next segment. Weird and supernatural stories from around the world. And this week we are going to look at one that we've actually covered on our podcast, True Hauntings, Annabelle the Doll. Mm. So I wonder if you know the real story of Annabelle the doll. There is actually a real story attached to the myth and the legend and the movies. And boy, haven't they made some money off the movies. Oh, they've made lots of money off Annabelle in oh so many ways. Mm, and do you know that the first movie actually came out in 2014? Oh, not that long ago. Mm, that's pretty long ago well, when it comes to movies. For someone that's 12, it's pretty long ago. Mm -hmm. But for someone that's 104, it's not that long ago. Mm. 
Oh, bam, <laughs> twice. Okay. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the real story of Annabelle or the story behind the story. If you want to know more, you're going to have to go over to our True Hauntings podcast, which you can get on Spotify and iTunes. All your favourite podcasting place. Mm-hmm. But jump onto our Facebook page and we'll let you know about that. Can but I have a little go. brag? Just a little brag. We just hit 100,000 downloads of our um, True Hauntings podcast in only 35 episodes. Oh, no, right? How amazing is that? It's awesome. Thank you, Sorry, everyone. Sorry, to brag. So this goes back to the 1970s. So early in the 1970s, a nurse by the name of Donna had just turned 28 years old and Donna's mother thought she would do her uh, daughter a great favour and she bought her for her birthday a Raggedy Ann doll. Now this isn't the Annabelle doll that we've seen in the movies. This is the old fashioned Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, they created the uh, one for the movies because the real one wasn't scary enough looking. No, that's true. I don't know if people remember the Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy stories. They were beautiful. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Donna loved this doll, and of course, she took it uh, into her apartment, which she shared with another friend, Angie, and she placed it at the base of her bed. Um, and that way, she sort of felt really connected with it, and it was a gift from a mum, so yeah. it was just wonderful. Yeah, and everything was right at the beginning. Of course. Now, these two girls were both nurses, so they would go off to work together, actually. They did the, sh- the same shift. Yep, and intelligent would, women. Yeah, and they would come back. Uh, And what they found was that the doll wasn't necessarily in the same place that it was when they left the house. Mm. So firstly, it was the limbs that started to move, right? So So they didn't actually witness the limbs moving. They would just be in a different position. They would just be in a different position. Yep. So Donna would usually leave the doll with its legs outstretched and its arms off to the side. But when they would come home, the the doll's legs, (laughs) the doll's legs would be crossed or its arms would be resting in its lap. So after a few days, the roommates decided that they would test the doll and they deliberately crossed the doll's arms and legs before they left for work. Now, sure enough, when they came home, the doll was sitting there with its legs and arms uncrossed. Mm. Bit spooky. Soon it wasn't just its arms and legs. The doll seemed to be moving and it started moving itself to different locations in the apartment. Oh, so now it's starting to move around. But once again, they're not actually witnessing it physically moving. They're just finding it in different places. That's absolutely right. So several times the women would come home to find the doll sitting in the living room uh, and on the sofa, even though Donna had left it in her bedroom with the door shut in the morning. Now, on one particular eerie occasion, Donna and Angie came home to find themselves greeted by the doll kneeling on a chair by the front door. Fancy now I've opening got, the door and yeah, finding that? That's a bit weird because I have a Raggedy Ann doll and she physically can't do that. No. Hmm. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> In addition to moving freely around the apartment, the doll was now doing something else that made the women very uneasy, to say the least. It was leaving them written messages. <gasps> Raggedy Ann can Oh, I know. Voila. Now, on small pieces of parchment paper written in pencil in a child's scrawl would be the words, help us, oh. or 
Help Lou. Help Lou. Now, who's Lou? Well. Funny you should mention that. Let's put a spanner in the works. Oh, I like a spanner. So Lou is actually Angie's fiancé. Oh. And let's say Lou used to spend some nights over there. (gasps) Naughty, naughty. Out of wedlock. I bet he slept on the lounge. I bet he did too. (laughs) So most troubling was the fact that neither Donna nor Angie owned any parchment paper. There were also no pencils to be found anywhere in the apartment. So assuming at this point that someone was breaking into their apartment and playing nasty pranks on them, the roommates left marks on the doors and the windows and arranged the rugs in a certain fashion so they could tell if someone had been in the apartment while they were gone. Now, was Lou aware of the fact that they were doing that? I'm very sus on Lou in this whole case. I'm I'm thinking he would have been. If he's spending time over there, he would have been very in the whole thing. What did Lou think of the doll? He freaking hated that oh, doll with surprise. an absolute passion. Yeah. So let's let's go back to this, right? Yep. So they'd arrange You've everything. You've got about five minutes, Renata. Yep. Keep going. Um, so um, <laughs> none of their markings were ever disturbed. Now, one night in the midst of all of these happenings, Donna and Angie came home and found the doll to their relief on Donna's bed back where it belonged. Oh, yay. But, but on closer inspection, the doll had blood on the back of its hand and three drops of blood on its chest. <gasps> now, this is when the women reached out for a medium. Right. and they Not an them, extra large? No, a medium. And they brought the medium in for help. Now, the medium immediately said that there was a little girl in the apartment whose name was Annabelle Higgins and Annabelle Higgins had died on the property years before the apartment built was the apartment building was built and I remember researching this case and I found a story where it said she'd been hit by a car and killed so we had various stories on how this little girl died but yeah, yeah, let's, let's yeah. not get into that yeah. um, so Annabelle was in spirit form and she chose the apartment to stay in because she knew that Donna and Angie were beautiful young ladies and that they would take care of her and what she did was she asked because they did a seance Mm -hmm. of course and she asked whether she could jump into the doll uh, and uh, stay there. Yeah, it all has to do with permissions, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yep. Yeah, and of course they said, yeah, well, why not? Oh, why what not? could happen? Let's have yep. a ghost in our doll. We'll be, we'll be one big happy family and everything will be fine. Except Lou chucked a wobbly. <gasps> Mm-hmm. Lou. So, like I said, Lou felt that the doll was e- uh, evil, didn't like it, and over the six period, the six week period, the d- the doll was in the apartment. Lou started to experience nightmares. Oh, the poor darling's mm-hmm. having a nightmare over it. Raggedy end doll. Yep. So he had one dream where uh, Annabelle uh, attacked him, mm-hmm. and you've got to listen to that. Episode. Please listen to the True Hauntings <laughs> podcast on that one. You've got Renata to to says something very inappropriate. <laughs> And we just all lose it. Yeah, absolutely. So he dreams that the Annabelle is attacking him and trying to uh, literally squeeze the life out of him, strangle him. And then there is a, another dream uh, and another dream and another dream. And, of course, he just can't cope with it anymore. Mm-hmm. And so he has to say it's either me or the doll. So what happened? Um, well, they, they kept go, the doll? 
<laughs> no, they go, they, they go to the next big thing, and I, I am rushing here. So um, they start hearing screams and things and things. Furniture starts being knocked around and all this sort of stuff, and, and they lose it. And so they go to uh, a local priest, yep. and yep. they ask for help. And who do they call in? And, and the priest says, well, I can't, I can't handle this, so you're going to have to go and see the Monsignor. Yep. And so the Monsignor says, well, I can't handle this, well, but I'm I know done. two people well, who play can. with dolls. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say it. I'm no, getting the look. I'm no, not going to say it. <laughs> no. Um, so um, the Monsignor says, I know exactly two people who will be able to handle this. And <gasps> guess who gets involved? Oh, I'd say it's Ed and Lorraine Warren. Absolutely. Oh, yes. It's Ed and Lorraine Warren. Saints on this earth. Mm-hmm. Not. And they accept the case and they meet Donna, Angie, Lou and, of course, Annabelle. Yes. And, and the rest is history. And then Lorraine goes, it's uh, it's actually a demon that's in your doll. Mm-hmm. It's not a little girl. It's been posing as a demon. And um, we will take that away from you. And apparently as they were driving home... Ed had almost had a car accident and died. Mm-hmm. Their brakes failed and he managed to throw holy water on Annabelle and uh, they managed to get home. But, of course, we have no witnesses to any of this phenomena. Mm-hmm. And now they've got Annabelle locked up in a glass case unless they bring her out for a special dinner. If they bring her out for a special dinner, it's $75 per person <laughs> and you can have your photo taken with Annabelle, but maybe not during COVID. Right. So um, if you want to hear the really juicy gossip on this particular story, please go to True Hauntings podcast and have a listen because there's a lot of stuff we found out that um, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Makes, you, makes you think twice yes it does make you think twice Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata only on Newcastle Live Radio Alright, now I'm going to have to crack on with this one because I've got a big story to get through for our last one. And this is another weird story from around the world and we are going to India to look at the Chandawat family. So the Chandawat family used to live in northern India in very cramped circumstances. They'd been farmers all their lives in the dry desert but the father, Bhopal, decided in 1989 to buy a shop in the city and he and his wife and young son moved there. Slowly, one by one, the rest of the family joined them. By 2007, there were 12 of them living all together. Mm. Now, before I get too far into this story, I must warn you that this is very much adult themes, and if you are all traumatized or triggered by this particular uh, story, please reach out to somewhere like Lifeline 13 11 14 to talk through your worries and concerns or contact your health professional. So they had their business on the top floor of a building once they moved into the city and they sold only the best of groceries. The locals really loved them and Bo Paul, the father, was larger than life and everyone started to call him Daddy. His wife was equally loved. She was generous giving out tea and treats to the local workers and she used to look after her family and all the local children as well and people, of course, started to fondly call her Mummy. The whole family with three adults, two wives and five grandchildren they're all considered by everyone around them to be good, decent human beings. Everyone believed they were a happy, successful family, if not close to perfect. I'm looking at Renata. She hasn't heard this story. I've warned her. All right. In 2007, sadly, Bo Paul, the father who was loved by so many, passed. And the locals were worried that the family would simply fall to pieces as he was the glue for the family. In fact... 
the opposite happened. And the family actually started to um, improve. They started to work longer hours and they used to make extra money. And with that extra money, they bought another store. They put additions onto their house. They started eating healthier. They got rid of the alcohol and tobacco out of their lives. The grandchildren were studying harder than ever and were excelling at school. And they had all become very religiously devout. The local community didn't think it was odd behaviour. They were just sort of relieved that the family hadn't fallen to pieces on Bhopal's death. But now we're going to jump ahead 11 years Mm -hmm. to the 1st of July 2018. So this is really recent. Mm, It's not that long ago. As usual, it's 6am in the morning and the uh, locals were lined up to get their groceries from their favourite family, the Chunderbots, but the store didn't open. And I thought, that's weird. So they started calling them. Nobody answered. Um, the 79-year-old neighbour went upstairs, knocked onto the door of the house. There was no reply. But the door was unlocked. So he opened the door, calling out to them, saying, you know, hi, guys, you're not downstairs. Open up. What's happening? Then he backed out in horror, screamed, and ran downstairs calling for the police. There was a police officer nearby who came to investigate straight away. The neighbour had babbled about what he had seen, so the policeman braced himself, but it didn't really prepare him for what he was about to see. He lasted about 10 seconds in there before he too backed out, seeking assistance. It was much worse than anything he had ever seen in his whole career. The detectives arrived. Within the house they saw 10 people hanging from the rafters dead. Oh, my gosh. And they also found 11 secret diaries. Oh. <laughs> All right, so wow. to work out what's happened here, we have to go back to 2007 when Bhopal died. Now, what happened is the family called in a priest to pray with them to honour their father. And as they were praying, Lalit, who was Bhopal's youngest son, began to chant. Now, you wouldn't think that's unusual, mm-hmm. except for the fact that he had had a severe injury three years beforehand that had given him a brain trauma that had left him mute, unable to speak for three years. Oh. So the family's now staring at Lalit, who is chanting and getting louder and louder and stronger and stronger, and they're all looking at each other going, Daddy has returned. Oh. They think that Daddy has come through. So after the prayers, Lalit's voice remained and he kept his daily diaries, just mundane things at first, you know, what's happened, I've eaten Mm -hmm, that day. mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. all of a sudden, the diaries started to take a stranger turn. So around about the 7th September 2007, they started to get instructions on how they should run their life. Mm Mm-hmm. For the family, there'd be individual things for each family member, what you should do, what you should eat, how you should invest your money, what you should buy for the shop. And they were saying, this is Bo Paul. This is their father who was giving them the information. Through the son. Through the son. Mm-hmm. And then the, the messages started to get a bit... Um, Aggressive, angry, belittling, and the family was starting to be punished. But the family obeyed the rules, as Lilette told them, and Bo Paul was back from the dead and had given him back his voice. He said the reason he was back is because he wanted to save the family's souls. The instructions continued, and they were then told how to pray. Bo Paul told the family they must stop whatever they're doing every night at 7pm and meet back at the family home. They were then to wait until Lilette came in and sat down at 9pm 
p.m. sharp, Lalit would become possessed by Beau Paul and lead the family in a 15 to 30 minute prayer session. At this stage, Lalit told the family he would never speak his own voice again and if he ever did speak, from now on it would be Beau Paul, it would be Daddy. Now the neighbours at this stage had picked up there was something strange going on but since the family was doing so well they were happy for them and they didn't worry too much about it. Now just two weeks before their death the whole family was celebrating they had a huge party for the engagement of one of the children and they were planning the future so they were talking about what was happening in the future there was so much joy. Two nights before their death, a neighbour was invited over for dinner and they had a great dinner together, lots of planning for the future and excitement for the upcoming wedding, no signs of unhappiness at all. Two days later, that same neighbour found them all dead. Oh. Now, there were 10 of them hanging in the circle, aged 15 to 50. Their hands were bound, their eyes blindfolded, mouths taped shut and ears stuffed with cotton. Underneath each person was a little black stool that had toppled over. The 11th member of the family, Mummy, 77, was found dead nearby on her bed. At first the police thought it was a mass murder, but then they read the diaries. The last entry revealed the awful truth. Well, hurry up, we've All got right. two minutes. Lalit had convinced the family if they provo- performed a ceremony called the Hanging at the Roots of the Banyan Tree ritual that Bo Paul would be able to so- save their souls and return from the dead. They agreed. So eight days before the death, they began practicing and preparing for the ritual so it would be just right for their beloved daddy. They practiced their bindings and unbindings and their nooses. The day of their deaths, they made offerings and had a huge feast together. Just after midnight, they tied the dog up outside. Their parents helped their children into the positions and then proceeded to take their place. Mummy was unable to perform the ritual as did others, so Lilith and his wife strangled her themselves. They then went around and they kicked the stools out from underneath each family member, climbed onto their own stools and jumped off. The last line in the diary stated, Keep water in a cup. When the water changes colour, I will come. Beau Paul was supposed to arrive from outside to save them all and prove that he was with them in the physical realm. It was supposed to prove that Lilit was right all along. The family had even left the front door unlocked to make it easier for him to come in and rescue them. They were not committing suicide. They believed they would survive and rejoice. The police closed the case saying it was mass suicide with a shared delusion. Well, on that wonderful note, and that is a massively horrendous story, and that's one of the most haunted places in India, actually. And that is just the family's belief, listening to someone who had a brain injury who was obviously delusional. Mm. So always be careful about what you think and what you hear from other people and use common sense. But we've got to say goodbye we very do. quickly. The news Thank is you coming. for joining us. Oh, please come back next week. We've got more stories and more tarot reading and everything. And goodbye. let us know what you enjoyed the best. Bye. Most mysteries can be solved by looking at the facts. But sometimes the facts don't give us the answer. So it's time to call in Anne and Renata. 
Spooky Sundays, when the truth lies beyond a logical answer. Dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable. Sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. It's Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday from 8pm, only on Newcastle Live.